Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have a great show for you. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the modular on the spot. Portland, all the footage and the audio all synced and edited in time for uh, this week's release. Luckily, I met a new awesome artist at Modular on the Spot, Kira, aka Cave Cricket. And after a performance, I got her album. And after listening to her album and seeing the performance, I was like, gotta get Kira on the show. So that's who's on the show today. And I'm gonna play a little bit of her set that I threw together, um, but uh, we'll see more of it next week. And I will uh, use a separate part of it so you're not getting repeat stuff. Um, what else is there to talk about? Well, first things first, I want to remind everybody that there is now a Podular Modcast website complete with a sweet store. You saw all this last week, but I did add some new products. I added this cool uh, three-quarter sleeve, like baseball style shirt uh, in multiple colors. Super cool. Um, what else did I add? I added this sweet tote bag. Also, you have some color options for the straps. Also got uh, two different journals with a uh, PodMod logo on the cover, some stickers, a set of buttons, another sticker, a drawstring bag. I've been, I've been kind of a drawstring bag. I've been, kind, how, that's hard to say. I've been a bit of a drawstring bag boy this summer. Um, got orange and white there. A mouse pad, which I, uh, I'm I'm going to get because I need a mouse pad. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested in any of that, podularmodcast.com. Link in the show description. I also had a lot of fun last week going through the used and vintage section on the Patchworks website. So let's see. Let's see if there's anything new added that we didn't see last week. Oh, there's a 4MS Ensemble Oscillator. That's... Ooh, 250. That's a good deal. I would jump all over that if you were looking for a really cool oscillator. Looks like that Octopad's still there. So if you were eyeing that, you could. Ooh, an MPC one for 500 bucks. That's pretty good. Oh, leaves. Mystic Circuit leaves. Uh, you can use that with the Pendulum V2 or any Turing machine or the Mystic Circuits tree. I have both of those. I really like them. Oh, the Roland AX1 is still there. I so want to play a show with a guitar someday. That would be so fun. Cool. Yeah, looks like a couple new things, a couple cool things. Uh, like I said uh, just a few minutes ago and last week, I really would like to get an Octopad, but I can't justify that. I've got a drum set. I've got too much stuff. So let me live vicariously through you. Let somebody get this and tell me that you got it, and then let me tell you... Oh. I'd also like to say thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. If you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, head over to patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. Uh, doing a, a giveaway here pretty soon. I made some more of my like home mixtapes where I just uh, dub a couple of my albums onto a 90-minute mixtape, so I'm going to throw those into the mix. And if you don't feel like signing up for a monthly thing, you can always head over to the store and get some merch. Podulamodcast.com forward slash store. All right. We are going to get into this chat shortly. But first, I just wanted to take you on a little tour of Fiber Bean. 
which is Kira's store on Etsy, where uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this during this, uh, the conversation. But she makes some really, really cool like plant hangers and uh, like necklaces and earrings with uh, with different types of textiles. And don't tell my wife Hannah because um, I don't think she'll watch this episode before our anniversary. But I got her this plant hanger as an anniversary gift. I think that's pretty cool. I like that it's dyed at the bottom and then not at the top. It's got a cool fading black kind of look to it. And then I also got her this yellow plant hanger because it's super cool looking. Um, and they're re- very well priced, super affordable. So if you want to support a cool artist and you need to hang some plants up or you need some earrings or a necklace or a tarot card bag even uh head over to Fiberbean. link in the show description all right i'm gonna play a piece of cave crickets set from modular on the spot and then in the middle of the show i'm just gonna give you a little uh snippet of part of my set too because it was fun to do and i'd like to share it with you but patreon subscribers you can see my full set on patreon right now if you would like to. All right, let's get into Kira's performance and then a chat.
every time I uh, start talking to the guests before I hit record, we always end up in territory. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. We're going to start this yeah, conversation you wish, over. <laughs> yeah, you wish you had been recording. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kira, it's pronounced Kira, correct? Yeah, Kira. Yeah. Okay. I have a cousin, Kyra, so I just wanted to make sure because I'm nice. pretty sure my cousin spells it the same way. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I am I am positive that I have seen you. We have bumped into each other at synth events in Portland or Seattle at some point because when I saw you at Mott's uh, last weekend, you looked really familiar, but I don't, I'm pretty sure I'd know. I know I've never seen you play because I would have remembered it. Um, <laughs> I don't like to do i don't i mean favorites a hard, a weird word and doesn't really mean much and i don't want to disparage anyone else but i think i might have enjoyed your set the most <laughs> um or i don't know i think it was also i'm really glad that you performed after the sun had gone down with the string lights around you and uh you know with the omnicord and the rain stick and i also wanted to apologize if me filming the whole thing and putting a light in your face was annoying. Um, no, not at all. Okay. It actually was a little helpful. Um, I I was wondering I guess... about that. I was kind of hoping that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody anticipated it getting that dark. And I mm -hmm. think we're all, um, you know, still feeling our way into early fall and um, totally. <laughs> earlier sundown. And yeah. Um, yeah, we, we definitely have met before. Um, I work at 4MS Company, so um, which you probably knew that. But uh, yeah, we, we were probably in a few similar kind of uh, spaces because of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, I also help run the Instagram. So I'm um, reposting you, the pod You've mod. seen me. <laughs> yeah, you've seen me tag you like a million times then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I don't want to get too, I usually like to start, um, with a get to know you. So I want to put a pin in the, um, the forum mess thing for right now, but yeah, totally. I want to start with the basics. Uh, where'd you grow up? Yeah. Where'd yeah, you grow up? totally. Um, I grew up in a small town called West Harrison that is in Westchester County, um, which is in New York. And okay. it's like the county that's right above New York City. Um, so oh. it borders the Bronx borough. Okay. And then when I was 18, I moved to New York City and I lived in the Bronx for about eight years. And okay. Is Middletown in that region where you were from? Does that um, sound familiar? It doesn't ring a bell, but New York is pretty vast and big. Right. Well, my, um, so, my wife's family is from like just north of like the city, um, oh, but cool. not like super far north. Um, and I think it was called Middletown, but maybe anyways. somewhere up the Hudson Valley that I just haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And the, um, so did you go to New York to pursue um, music and or academia or? Yeah, um, I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I have a BFA in textile surface design and a minor in art history. And um, so while I was pursuing that, I also was starting Cave Cricket 
I started Cape Cricket in 2011 and I was living in punk houses and having shows in the basement. And um, that was really my whole world was like being a part of DIY scenes and, you know, being very into booking shows, hosting touring bands, going on tour myself. And I uh, was very close with a band called No One in the Somebodies and um, another band called Old Table. And there just were like, we had our own little scene that um, nice people would come on out to the Bronx. They would get on the subway for like an hour and a half, two hours uh-huh. and <laughs> come out to our houses. And um, it was a really special time in my life. And um, I feel like I learned a lot about being a musician and um, yeah, just like the people I was with. It was really very special. That's and so cool. Yeah, learned a lot about like recording, touring, and just like the toil <laughs> that comes from like mm-hmm. being being you know a DIY musician and mm-hmm. everything that comes <laughs> with that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you use the word toil because I was staying with uh, David Lutz, lousy lousy Falcon, who was on the bill with us, mm-hmm. his cousin in uh, Milwaukee, just uh, south of Portland. For those listening, and. Uh, really cool dude and uh has he had the sticker on his toolbox that said toil is stupid and i just thought that was a really funny <laughs> <laughs> that is funny uh, <clears throat> all right so i don't want to jump to portland quite yet cuz i want to go back to pre new york city um so textiles fashion music uh did those like was one first uh, or when did when did they both start? I guess is my question. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I always like to think about how my mom is an artist, my dad was a musician, so I really like inherited these two um, beautiful things from my parents. And um, I started getting interested in music when I was pretty young. My dad had been playing guitar since he was like five years old. So there were always music playing in the house, instruments around, and he tried to get me to play guitar and it was too hard (laughs) for my little, (laughs) little fingers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Got piano lessons, but then I eventually settled on percussion as being my shit. And I remember I tried out for, um, the percussion section when I was like in elementary school to be in the orchestra and um, got in and it was just like a public elementary school, you know, but so many people wanted to play the drums that they had to have tryouts. Oh, wow. And I remember them, it was literally just like go up to the snare drum and try and do a drum roll in Uh front of like a room full of people. And um, I would, I consider myself like kind of a shy, introverted adult, but I was like even worse as a kid. And I remember getting mm-hmm. up there and <laughs> being like, okay, fuck, here we go. And um, yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of my intro to, to music. And then I played percussion all the way through high school. And oh, cool. once I got into high school, I was in the marching band and on the drum line and I played a marching bass drum for four years and it was super fun and I feel like that 
influenced me in certain ways in you know making music later on as an mm -hmm. adult um which is interesting but yeah so that's kind of like where i got started with music and um i had taken a lot of art classes as a kid i always knew i was going to go to art school i mean i thought i was going to be a photographer for a long time mm -hmm. and um then ultimately i think i I decided, yeah, I wanted to try to do textile and surface design because I love nice. drawing and painting. And um, so FIT is a school I went to. And um, some at some point while I was there, I started getting really into um, politics. And um, I think Occupy Wall Street started happening and i okay. was leaving class and going down to the park and becoming a part of that movement and it really um opened my eyes a lot to just capitalism and you know this fucked up system that we're all a part of and um that really started influencing my music and certain themes you know writing about um poetry and lyric lyrically and um, so when I graduated, I tried to um, get some jobs in the city and um, just was having a really bad time trying to be like a part of the global machine that is like fashion or, you know, textiles or any of that. Um, I had some good experiences, but had some really bad ones. And um, mm -hmm. then started working for my friend, which was amazing. And she has a wallpaper design company okay. um, called Marenda Wallpaper. And uh, yeah, we still uh, work together. I do some freelance work for her. Um, she's in, in New Jersey. But yeah, I so I've always kind of had these two, these two parts of me. And um, sometimes I feel just way too fucking busy. <laughs> I love I that feeling. Business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard when you have so many hobbies and mm -hmm. you know you're excited about so many things. Um, yeah, I feel like but... you and I have a lot of crossover just from what you just said, and then how you ended it. Like, music was always my thing, um, but I didn't grow up with artist parents. I grew up with you know blue collar working class everyone in my family in the town I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I just I went to went to college because you know i thought i had to be responsible and uh <laughs> yeah did the academia thing for seven years and just burnt myself out um and then also music or no uh unfortunately mm -hmm. not i kind of wish i could go back and redo it but i i studied um anthropology specifically um primate behavior and evolution um oh wow so like a lot of uh a lot of digging and deserts and you know collecting <laughs> specimens to bring back to michigan for the cold winter to sit in the lab and and pick through <laughs> and measure and all that um but also you and i are both kind of we have uh we have taken our professional life and our passionate life and we have made a slurry of the two you know it seems mm, i mean I, yeah. I, I don't know you super well but just based off the fact that you're working with 4ms and you have your own business with uh 
some really cool stuff, which I ordered for my wife uh, for an anniversary <laughs> present. I got her some plant hangers and pretty stoked about that. Um, yeah, and I can only thank you. That's that so because, sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I, I saw that you had another because, you know, every time I, you know, like I heard your set and then halfway through your set, I was like, okay, I have to ask Kira to be on the show. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, so I like to do a little research and, you know, see what, where the albums and all that. And I saw that and I, all of that was just like, yeah, I'll have to send you some pictures of, uh, the house and yard. Cause my wife is a horticulturalist. Uh, she works at yes. the Pacific Science Center in Seattle. At, uh, she's the, she's the horticultural manager of the whole place and specifically the plants in the tropical butterfly house. So, oh wow, all that is. Yeah, it's a pretty cool job. <laughs> and all that is amazing. to say, we have a lot of plants here. Um, yeah. You so can never cool. have too many plants. That's, that's yeah. my motto. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I even, so I, there's a hat behind me that says plants on it. I don't know if you can see that, but nice. I bought that for, for her for her birthday and it was just too big for her. So I was like, I guess I got a new cool hat. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you had ever thought about or do you think it influenced your, um, you know, trying out and getting the role as drum, you know, as percussionist in when you were younger, if, you know, just having so much music in your life from birth, I imagine, and in your home, even before you were in school, like, do you feel like that instilled a sense of rhythm that maybe a lot of kids uh, wouldn't have had at that young of an age? Yeah, I think so. Um, I also have an uncle who, uh, was a drummer and he um, would sit me down in front of his drum set and I remember playing on it and he was definitely into like um, a lot of those like 80, 80s rock bands and uh -huh. hair bands and things like that. So he had, I don't know if he had two bass drums, but he definitely had like a ton of rack toms and cymbals uh -huh. and things and just like trying to encourage me um to to play on it and I remember being like really shy and kind of okay here we go uh -huh. you know like um but yeah I, I feel really just fortunate that um my parents had good taste in music as well mm -hmm. yeah right <laughs> um, yeah well I did yeah <laughs> so I've actually there's another thing where we overlap but um my uncle Jay uh was just like my idol all through my childhood and he would come over and bring his guitar. He played drums and guitar and could can sing really well. And, and nice. I just, when I saw him doing that, not only like, did I want to participate because it looked like so much fun. I also just saw how much everybody loved it when he would like, we, they'd have to badger him into doing it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think the young me seeking attention was like, that's a great way to, to do that. Um, that's really totally. funny. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was another thing I wanted to ask. What was it about? Maybe it was about drumming or something. I don't remember. Um, did you ever like play kit drums, like in a in a band or anything like that? Or yeah, um, yeah, a bit. I I was in a band um, called XXY Lemon that was a pretty brief, kind of like Riot Girl, but a bit darker kind of band okay. with um and with uh, my ex-partner and my friend Jesse Karsten and my friend Faith Newton. And um, uh, we, yeah, I played the drums in that band and that was 
super fun. And it is something that I'm definitely interested in pursuing maybe down the line in another band. Um, but I don't currently have a drum set. Uh, moved into a place um, with my partner like five months ago and we don't have a basement. So we had to leave, leave the drum set at the old place, but it's, you know, it wasn't like a huge part of my, my creative process. Um, Currently I'm way more into the drones and the bleeps and bloops and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. singing is, yeah, just my most favorite thing. Um, Yeah. yeah, So down the line for sure, I would love to, um, and I also play uh, in a band called Half Shadow that my friend Jesse Karsten in Portland. Um, it's that his name project. sounds familiar. I wonder You've if probably I know seen it around. Okay. Jesse is an old friend of mine, and they're just such a super sweet human. And we played at the Doug Fur recently. Um, oh, nice. For Carl Blau and. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was a great That's show. Really cool. And I did play a hand drum on stage and sing um, harmonies. And I'm also in another band called Sandy Pilos, which okay. um, my friend Anna is the, Anna Diaz-Sacco is the front person of that band and um, played a, an electric uh, drum pad kind of thing like a yamaha mm-hmm. pad yeah we did yeah. a ymo cover um and what is, uh, i'll have I to know? send it to you okay it was, it was my first time ever ever listening to that band but um it was super fun and um just being the being a part of the rhythm section in any band is is great for me and i love singing um in other people's projects too because it's nice like like being in other bands and there's like less pressure, you know, cause totally. you're not, mm-hmm. when I do cave cricket, it's like, it's just me, everything is on me. Um, which, you know, is great, but also like, it's, it's really fun to support my friends and like whose yeah. music I love and back up their projects too. <laughs> the last band. So I was in bands all through high school and stuff. Actually, I don't know if you noticed that I've got a Roland V drum kit behind me. I, uh, I yes, played yeah, drums. Please. Um, like starting in high school and my, the music teacher at school, he hated me cause I, I couldn't, I never even tried to learn how to read music or so I had to play snare drum in the regular band in order to play the kit in pep band. But mm-hmm. he, but I, I, we were at kind of like a, an impasse because there was, it was such a small school. No, literally nobody else played drums. Um, so I was all he had and I I could actually like keep time and stuff, but I was super into metal and punk. So I'd always like, people liked it, even <laughs> the people in the band. Cause we like, I did it a little rougher, but he really hated that. Um, and then <laughs> same thing. I had to get rid of a drum set because I moved out of my parents' house right out of high, like two days, the weekend after I graduated high school, couldn't bring it with me. So it sat in the garage and just got old and then, you know, poor college student sell it <laughs> 20 years later. A year ago now i got a drum set the and drums. I'm get, yeah i'm getting my chops back oh, yeah. i mean it's cheesy because it's like an old old brain um and the pads are so responsive i've spent the last year <laughs> just trying to find the different the miscellaneous 
the toms from the jazz kit and, you know, just like trying to construct something that is somewhat usable and getting the triggers right. So it sounds as natural as possible. And I think I may have gotten as far as I can get on that, but it's better than nothing. So, um, that was my really long drum rant. I'm curious, (laughs) like, drum rant. (laughs) So as I, I was listening to your album last night in preparation for this. Um, Mm -hmm. and I actually sent it to my wife this morning. I said, you should check this out because she had recently got into Caitlin Aurelia Smith's like really old stuff, you know, like when it was a lot more ethereal and whatnot. Um, and I was like, this kind of reminds me of the older stuff, the Caitlin Aurelia that you're really into. And also my stuff like it. And there, it sounds like there is a, uh, I don't know if you have ever heard of uh, Mount Erie or the microphones. Yeah. Um, I yeah, feel like totally. there's a real Mount Erie vibe mm-hmm. to the whole thing, which is something that I've been after. It just feels very Northwest and like broody and dark, but beautiful at the same time. So it's not mm. like, it's not dark and like a, for me, it, it, it's not something that's going to bum me out. It's more of like <laughs> going into fall, you know, as yeah. it's starting to get like, it feels like a good fall. Yeah. Yeah. And your set oh, too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for um, that. I've actually never had anyone say Mount Erie before, but I'm I'm a big fan and Oh nice. I've seen I've seen Phil play a bunch of times yeah. um in New York and also in um in Portland and um the album that he made after his wife passed mm-hmm. um from cancer uh Girl, really resonated yeah. with me because I lost my dad to cancer and I remember I went to see the show that he was, he was touring that album around and it was the most um, emotional I've ever seen people be at like a live performance Mm -hmm. and um, it was at Revolution Hall and just, yeah, he's an amazing artist and just the the diversity of his catalog is incredible and totally big inspiration. I think, yeah, I think that if, if I were to like select an album of, of Mount Erie, that kind of like you give me the vibe of, I would say, uh, Ocean Roar, which is my favorite mm. of, the, of the Mount Erie albums. Great but one. I also saw him play that to the, he did the opening show in his hometown, Anacortes. Oh yeah. Um, and so my wife and I went up, but we, got our dates like we had a crossover in dates and we had her nephews well our nephews now um and they were like i don't know 12 and 15 or something and they like listened to like new metal and shit and we're like well we're going to a concert and it's gonna be weird and i think they had fun but it was uh yeah it was just in this tiny hall up in anacortes washington which is like a beautiful little town up on the uh it's like a little island on yeah, I was there and, once. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my wife's mother uh, passed away from cancer a year before we met. So yeah, it was, it's a little heavy for her. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean that album, I bought it on vinyl and then I was like, when am I ever going to really like think like, I want to listen to the dead wife album, you know, like, totally, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I really love what he did with that just by, it's just almost like, 
automatic writing or like, uh, you know, just stream of consciousness. There's no hooks. It's like, this is not, yeah. it was a really, really interesting experiment for sure. Um, Anti-folk a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and as sad and, and, uh, devastating as it is, it's also like absolutely gorgeous, you know, cause it's for not sure. a hallmark. Yeah. That's something my wife and I have talked about a lot because of her mother's passing of, of cancer is just how tucked away and hidden we keep death in our cult, in our culture, especially in American mm. culture, just so, you know, if you make jokes about it or talk about it in any, you know, it's, it's like, Oh no, don't talk about that. Yeah. It's just kind People of like, get uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't, it's like, unless they've experienced it, they don't know how to engage with it mm -hmm, and it can be very mm -hmm. isolating. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I kind of like to take the old go to the places that scare you approach, you know, like, mm, yeah, uh, you know, like, why does it scare me? Well, because you're going to die someday. And <laughs> if you spend your whole life trying to avoid that thought, well, when it comes time, that might be a pretty pretty rough time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But now we're getting into the the Buddhist weeds here, but <laughs> Um so when does like when does I guess let's a, a two-pronged question here like mm. electronic or experimental type music and then the leap into modular like where is this on the yeah. timeline and ge geographically is that happening in New York or after you come here why did you come yeah, to totally. Portland <laughs> Well I will say like for the first probably 4 or 5 years of having cave cricket I was all acoustic um oh. instruments like i played a six string tenor ukulele and i got into drones because i had a shruti box which i'm not familiar um, with that yeah it's an indian drone instrument um that looks almost a little bit like a briefcase and it has these levers on the front uh -huh. that um you open and then it has bellows so you pump it it's like a harmonium what? kind of, but it's different. Um, and yeah, I'm you looking, gotta look I have it up. to look it up. Shruti yeah. <laughs> box? Shruti box, look. yeah. S-H-R-U-T-I. Oh, wow. And that looks crazy. I want they one are now. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you should get one. Um, I So I got into that because I went and saw, I don't know if you've heard of um, Dan Higgs, um, of the band like Lungfish or the Pupils. Um, I'm I've sure he's been of, in I've other heard projects. Of, but yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So when I was um, 20, I saw him play and he had a Shruti box and he played this set that just, it like cast this spell over the whole room. Everyone in this DIY venue just sitting silent and it really inspired me and I went home and I was like, how do I get one of those? I'm on the internet, you know, figuring mm -hmm. out I got one shipped from like another country. And then I started writing songs just by having a very like intuitive kind of flowing practice of droning, singing over it, being in my journal, see, looking at what I wrote, the poetry, and that's a song. 
and then kind of going from there. And um, uh, I think I, yeah, I was definitely um, really, like I didn't even really know about like effects pedals and things like that until much mm-hmm. later. Um, so, and yeah, I would, I had like a floor tom that I would like hit and like sing over and it was just very kind of like this primal, like raw uh-huh. sound. Uh-huh. And these are earlier albums that like aren't on, there's one, like my first album, Use Your Hands, I don't even think is on Bandcamp anymore because mm-hmm. it's like precious to me, but I'm also like, it doesn't represent really Cape Cricket what it is now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so um later on i think probably once i after i moved to portland um i started getting into effects and after i met my partner tony he um is just a big enthusiast over um, effects pedals and um so he was letting me borrow some he let me borrow a boss um rc 50 i think the big one um and then i started writing songs that way and started putting reverb on my vocals and delay and um yeah just getting more and more into um experimenting and improv and during like the start of the pandemic um i was like i'm gonna have a daily practice of just sitting down and in front of all my all my you mm-hmm. know, toys and and yeah. seeing what comes out recording it and then those recordings eventually would be composed into different um different songs so yeah i'm i'm is that the march usually, may 2020 album yeah. Yeah, i just yeah. got that this morning and oh, i love nice. the description it said something about cozy up and listen in your backyard or be- your favorite place or something. So I went in the backyard with my coffee and, and listened to it there. I was like, perfect. Yeah, this is really great. Rad. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to see if that's no, what you're no. referring to. Yeah, that, that's exactly <clears throat> it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't, so I didn't get into modular until I started working at 4MS company and oh, I've wow. been there for, yeah, I've been there for, uh, I guess almost two and a half years. Okay. And definitely still consider myself kind of a beginner. Um, I have some gear, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I'm always wanting to learn more. Um, you know, I've, I've bought, um, you know, a bunch of 4MS modules and, Sometimes we trade with other companies and mm-hmm. um, that's really rad. And um, yeah, this this last show, the modular on the spot was my first show performing with some modular in my setup. Really? And yeah. Oh, wow. I, that's amazing. Crazy. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that was then, my um, first modular on the spot ever. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, hell yeah, this really, I feel like has sparked something in me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I definitely had played around a lot with, um, with the gear, the modular gear that I have and kind of just more in like a meditative state of, you mm-hmm. know, just experimenting and trying out patches and zoning out, you know, in my studio. And, um, but now I'm like really, 
excited about um, sampling and using yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, you had the STS. Composing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So playing, like, I was playing um, tracks off my record, The World, and um, singing over them, you know, like kind of karaokeing my own songs. And um, yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I did my last had... like weird metal chunky thing that I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, <laughs> it was, I, t- I told my friend when we were driving back, I was like, yeah, but it's just like guitar karaoke. Like that's not like where I'm headed. I just, it's just kind of was a fun thing that I could do quickly. <laughs> yeah. You played a great set. It was cool. You had a lot of like Thanks. diverse sounds going on. That's something like the guitar. Yeah. Thank you. And that, that, I think that was what drew me to yours too. Um, there were a few things, you know, the fact that, I mean, anytime an Omnicord is sitting around, I'm always like, (laughs) okay, what's going to happen with that? And then you have the rain stick. And then I really liked that vocal. You didn't do vocals. I want, I don't remember how long it was, but I would say at least like five minutes until maybe more until you started doing Mm. vocals. And I thought that was like, a really, really awesome artistic choice um, mm. to kind of like let that, because I feel like vocals with modular, there's that's like always, you know, like, ooh, that's a treat because it doesn't happen a whole lot from the shows yeah. I've been to. And to not just like come out swinging with that, but kind of like ease into it and then be like, oh, there's vocals too. You know, like I just thought that was <laughs> like, had a nice flow to it and everything. It's very cool. Cool. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think as an artist, I try to create diverse sounds. And mm-hmm. I'm always thinking of ways to yeah, expand on that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think modular is a great way to create really lush, epic sounds and um collage them over each other and yeah there's just so much there to explore mm-hmm. and um if you have the budget for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can really go nuts um <laughs> but yeah um yeah i think once i got um i think it's the listen up um module mm-hmm. from forum s and a listen io um allowing me to have quarter inch inputs um that was a game changer because then you get the contact mic going, you can put that on anything, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, you can put your guitar into it, your Omnicord, you know, you can put your vocals into it and yeah, it's really fun to see what happens when you get that going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The percussion interface and expander have been really awesome for me, you know, bringing outside instruments or even, um, you know, a shotgun microphone or something, you know, to get envelopes off of like, I had a real, and I'm not Uh, done with this phase, but a real like field recording, but using my modular, like battery powered modular rig as a field recorder processor and just like not making music, but just like processing sound. And I'm still working on it because unfortunately, you know, with, with field recording and stuff, you get a buildup of a lot of white noise and it just gets very like, swirly and swashy and i'm like Mm, i think this could be more interesting so um i want to talk about the record before we're done but before we get into that i'm what do you do for forms exactly like you kind of it sounds um, like everybody there kind of does a little bit of everything (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, to an extent. Um, I was hired to do shipping. So okay. I'm, I'm shipping all the orders. We have a lot of dealers around the world and mm. sometimes really big shipments. Um, and also people order, you know, small, small things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing all the shipping and I'm also helping with social media. So I'm, you know, answering, answering questions and, um, uh, reposting things on the stories and <laughs> nice. trying to okay. keep on top of all of that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, occasionally I will be, you know, making screw bags or, you know, just kind of anything that needs to be done, bagging little cables, mm-hmm. um, you know, assembling pods. Um, yeah, it's a really great place to work and I'm super just grateful to be there. And it's such yeah. a nice in work environment. I, I can't even, I mean, <laughs> you know, just becoming, you know, buds with, uh, you know, you know, a handful of people there and then working yeah. with Forum Mess, uh, with the show, uh, it's been just so positive and yeah, everybody is like just sweethearts and mm-hmm. like, t- I love Thomas so much. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, also speaking of people that work there, Dan playing with us at Mott's, that was really cool. Um, and yeah. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah awesome. that's so, I'm so happy to hear that you, you enjoy that. And uh, it's a good way to make it slightly more affordable. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's much more affordable. We, yeah, yeah. they offer a very generous employee discount, which is that's so cool. So nice. And, yeah, it's just so lovely to um, be excited to go to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a new feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before that, I was doing childcare and um, just really getting super burnt out, hanging out with toddlers, and just well, you being have like... to be like peak patience all the time, <laughs> and that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, it. Uh, I I had done childcare for over ten years, oh, and wow. um, I I recently um, I was still kind of keeping a job going, doing some after school care, but it recently ended, and I'm also like, this is a good thing, um, yep. because yeah. now I have time, more time for my my small business, fiber being designs, and. Yeah, working on music and, you know, just accepting that, like, if I put more energy into those things, that um, the good will, you know, come back at me. And Definitely. So working out. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Congratulations.
As far as uh, the world goes, I, I don't have like a whole lot of questions, but I mm. do want to say that uh, the world part one, that track is fucking so good. The way it builds <laughs> like it's because, you know, like I think it's track four. So, you know, you're kind of mm. like you're kind of in this ethereal, cloudy, you know, soft airy you know it's it, there's dissonance and there's abrasion but you know it's mostly kind of you know you're in a, a almost an ambient world and then when that percussive stuff comes in and it kind of gets heavy i was just like that like i, I got excited i was like this is <laughs> this is what i this i love i love when people like can kind of take a right like like a, a total right hand or a, a hairpin turn on something and, and bring me something i wasn't expecting and it made me think of what I mentioned earlier with you kind of bringing the vocals in later, the fact that you kind of brought that element in and it's almost kind of like gives the album a, a bit of a, uh, you know, like a, a trajectory. Um, I just thought that was really good, really masterfully done, um, the track itself and the placement and everything. So that's, that's all Thank I you. really, yeah. that's all I got as far as that, but I do uh, want to, I am curious about the process. Um, what does the album mean to you? All of all of yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that about that track. Um, I think that's probably the first time I've done that in a song, and mm -hmm. that song took me the longest to mix. And I just <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, oh, this is hard. But <laughs> yeah, um, I I started. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, just having these daily 
improvisational recording sessions and just really zoning out and and experimenting and that's really what started um you know the world being born and after i put out the march through may album um i was like you know writing a lot and um writing you know journaling writing and just thinking about all the different emotions that i had been experiencing you know 2020 was such like crazy time in the world and um so that was really uh i really wanted to make an album that could capture all of my different emotions of experiencing grief and being deeply in love and um yeah just being being a witch <laughs> um and being aware of how capitalism affects us all and so these are kind of like the main themes that are running through the album that and, was like um, my real awakening like I mean, I've always known, but I feel like that's when I really wrapped my head or like when it, my view on cap, our whole capitalistic and, you know, and, you know, I don't think it get too political, but like with the George <laughs> Floyd, everything, like, I feel like uh, I've always been very left, but I feel like I realized that I was American left of center, but here it's viewed as very left, but, you know, you know, mm, kind of, yeah. You know, you you realize and realize things and get uh, perspective changes that like you can't really look back from. Like you can't unsee it and unbelieve it. So, yeah, yeah I know, absolutely. I, know, I I relate to that a lot. Yeah, for sure. I think you know we're all a part of this late stage capitalism system, and with climate change ramping up. Um, the past couple of years, you know, I feel like it creates a lot of despair and um, a lot of emotions that, you know, need to be processed and channeled. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, everyone I know is in therapy and, <laughs> you know, we're all... <laughs> I think everyone, everyone knows should be in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I was really... Um, when I when I was writing and, and composing the album, basically my process was going back into these recordings that I had made, picking out the gems and finding places that um, in all of these improvisations that I wanted to put on the album and then kind of composing that way. And um, I feel like the album does really go back to my roots as like um, just a drone folk artist, um, you know, starting with a drone, adding layers on top of it and just building, building. And um, the vocals on the album uh, mainly come, like I feel like the power behind the vocals come from the TC Helicon voice uh, live touch okay. or the voice touch live, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that piece of equipment was like so crucial when I started um, playing with that and my partner Tony really inspired me because he had been singing through those for years and mm -hmm. you can there's a harmony function and you can assign it a key and a scale 
And it's just like, then you have four different voices going at once and it just creates this huge sound. Um, yeah. So that was really inspiring to me to be able to have that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, oh, there was something else that I just thought of. Let's see. Vocal. Oh, so something that I really like about the album and what I really, I think what like, you know, drew me into your set is with modular music, drone music, experimental music, <clears throat> I'm trying to find a way without be, to, to not be sound disparaging because I'm not trying to be disparaging, but drone, it's called drone for one. So <laughs> some of it can get a little boring um, mm. and, or can be, I feel like there's a subtle art to making like minimalist um, or ambient or drone. There's a subtle art of keeping it engaging for the amount of time that the album or the piece is. But the people who are good at it, like make some of my favorite music. And mm. so I feel like you, you have a really, really good, you, you have a very, very uh, adept skill Sorry, I'm I'm not I'm not word I'm not wording right now. But you see, yeah, you seem very adept at um of doing just that. Uh keeping it interesting and keeping it moving but still making it feel like you're in a space. Like you 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 mm -hmm. set a a a a, mo, a mood or set a, a vibe or a tone for a thing and you you I think it's really hard to occupy that space that you've created without it getting um, repetitive or monotonous or a little like, okay, is this done? Like, I feel like a lot of modular sets and this is all my own baggage and stuff, but like, <laughs> I think sometimes they're a little long, even if they're a short set, you know, it's kind yeah. of like, okay. And I've done that. And a, a lot of my modular music that I've recorded, you know, I'm like, okay, 14 minutes, Tim, really? <laughs> nah, I don't think this works, you know? Uh, so <clears throat> I don't, this is also not a question and I'm just putting you on the spot by like saying you're awesome. And that is hard <laughs> to bounce back from when you're being interviewed. But uh, I guess, do you have any insight for people listening out there or do you have any like skills or approaches that you use to do what I just yeah, described? Totally. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliments. Uh, really appreciate it. And um, I think I definitely think about that a lot. Um, and I feel like keeping things short is a great way to kind of hone in on that. Um, and yeah, having different transitions in songs, the song is going to be ethereal and droney. And then, you know, there will be some kind of other element that comes in using looping, I feel like is a great way to add interest in a song. I use a lot of looping. Um, sometimes I'll just have, there'll be a drone, there will be, um, you know, some kind of looping vocals happening in the beginning, and then maybe it'll fade out and then fade it back in, but then maybe pitch it down. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just kind of experimenting with that as as an element and um yeah i think i feel like i've learned a lot from other artists you know that i've been in, inspired by um like my partner 
Tony, he and I actually also have a project called The Enchanted, which um, he wrote all these songs and we made we made this album and made a tape and like played some shows around Portland with it. And the songs were short. They were two minutes, three minutes mm-hmm. long. And just you create this space, you know, you live inside of it and then it's gone. And I feel like it it really leaves people um you leave them wanting more you know <laughs> there's That's something so about funny. that <laughs> there no so i i my friend my close friend group um we we do we like to do uh you know like sleepovers at my friend steven and jenny they have this place like uh with two grand pianos and a you know, beautiful yard. It's got space and it's, it's just a beautiful, I, I call it the, the drug spa. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, if you want to like have a fun night with all your friends and like, you know, talk to the stars, if you know what I mean, like it's a good place mm-hmm. to do it. And uh, so I made this album called music to come down to, cause at the end of the night, we'd all want to lay down and listen to something really calm and, and like that'll easy in. And so I just thought that was kind of a cheeky title and <laughs> I think the longest song on that is like four minutes, but that's like the outlier. And my, my friend, Steven and my wife both still listen to it. And they always say you have to make your songs longer. But I, I think that maybe the reason they still listen to it two or three years later, like kind of regularly is because it's not, because if those things went on and on and on, I'm not sure that they would have listened to the whole album and know the different songs, you know? So I think, yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, I mean, it can get, can get kind of monotonous for sure. If, if something is going on too long and I feel like, um, you know, embracing as well, like just playing a shorter set sometimes, really um especially just being conscious of like oh there's there's four bands that need to perform here tonight you know and Mm -hmm, i'm gonna play a mm -hmm. 20 minute set you know and Mm -hmm. and um that also can keep it more interesting for yourself because then you're like okay i really have to pare down what i you know what i what i'm gonna do and think about okay have i played that song in a while no all right let's do that one and kind of mix it up and yeah Mm -hmm. so that's like another another thing and I mean especially because a lot of the shows that I play are you know house shows or um DIY spaces and things so so when you're in your mixing process and you're and you're making something that is particularly droney is there anything that that you specifically kind of I don't know if like listen for or like do you just listen to it over and over again and then kind of like do a vibe check and be like okay like nine times out of ten I'm thinking like this part it's got to go or it's parts. This is where this needs to fade out. And this comes in or like, do you have, or is it more, is it less, uh, is it, is it more nebulous than that? Yeah. I think it can be guided by the lyrics as well. Oh, um, right. I mean, yeah. I didn't even thought yeah, of that. For, for the world. Like I, I mean, I, I used to compose a lot by just having the words first and then creating a drone but i feel like for the world i kind of was doing it the opposite way like you know when you had words first did you have a melody and then have to write to the melody or you just had the words first 
it i just have like some poetry you know um okay i would do a lot of you know journaling and writing and um then just you know create a drone be singing over it recording what i'm doing and then kind of referencing it back and Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just kind of very like organically, organically coming up with a melody. Um, but yeah, for the world, it was more about like, yeah, go being like you know, on the computer, doing really like active listening to things that I had recorded, and then finding the places that wanted to become songs, you know, collaging it together, um, and then Man, thinking about you and okay, I have such similar I approaches. That's so funny. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I really I should listen to I'm gonna go on your, your band camp or whatever you have and, and check out some, some more of your work. Um yeah, and I think that you know, I'm I'm interested in seeing where where it goes now that I'm more into modular. Um because I feel like it's like the last song of the module in the spot set that I did. Um, that one was just like, I had been, I made some samples and I was like, let me see how glitchy or distorted or weird I can make these. And, mm-hmm. um, kind of going more into that, like making ugly sounds, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, things yeah. that, yeah, just, I'm always trying to think about how can I expand, um, my range? How can I, yeah, do something different? I think exactly what you just said, because I do a little like with the um, with what my pieces that I did at Mott's like one of them was like a sequence I threw together really quick and then just, you know, a a quick drum beat that I could like fuck up with the SCM by turning, you know, the rotate knob or whatever. And then one was like, okay, I set up the chord progression sequence on the swan to play on the no control, but I don't have a melody that I'm actually I know I can just like play any one of these buttons and it's going to sound cool and then the last thing was like the guitar track that i like have rehearsed um but i feel like i always like to provide myself a space to explore and improvise during a live set i never get Mm. a live set that i like know exactly what's going to happen and something that i just kind of like realized and like or maybe not realized then but something that playing this show last weekend really uh, woke up in me was how much that process and then listening back to it can inform the writing process um, and how valuable it is for that. Um, So that's, that's really cool to, to hear that you also are just like, well, I'm going to bring this piece and I'm just going to see what happens. And sometimes (laughs) magic happens and sometimes it's like, but you know it's either way you learn right (laughs) yeah and when you're working with all kinds of gear like something you know can go awry and you know I've I've been performing for long enough now that I'm I'm just accept it you know roll with it move on or Mm -hmm. uh, like uh at my at Mott's um my Omnicord went out of tune (laughs) oh no um, didn't even notice (laughs) cool that was that was my hope that no one would notice my partner noticed because he's an omni he you know is the omnicord mm-hmm. guy and um he and i just sang one line of a song and then i was like oh, i'm just gonna move on you know but mm-hmm. um you know any anything can happen you know when you're <laughs> mm-hmm. when you're yep, have that's... all of all of these 
effects and things. So <laughs> honestly, that's one of the reasons that I've brought guitar into it. Cause that's relatively new for me playing live anyways. Um, I've mm. always dabbled with bringing it in, but guitar is a safety net for me because I've been playing since I was 12. Yeah. And if everything fails, I can at least play 10 minutes of guitar that people who like 10 minute guitar pieces may enjoy, <laughs> you know, but that gives me a, like a, like it's a, it's yeah. a blanket, you know, a, a baby blanket or whatever they call us, you know, like a binky. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have your, your comfort items and yeah, the Shruti box will, will always be a comfort oh, item for me. And um, I, I have two now. So oh, nice. Yeah, it looks they're... like they're relatively affordable too. Yeah, they are. As far as, um, as, far as instruments go. Yeah, for sure. Um, they, I think like it varies, you know, how, how the quality varies um, right. depending on where you get it from. And um, they, they have different tunings, which is really cool. Um, nice. I have one that is a three octave um, and that one is very fun to play with because you have just a lot more range of notes yeah. and uh-huh. But I'm always trying to figure out how can I, how can I make a drone, um, with you know any anything that I have like a lot of the drones um, on like March through May, that album came from a Casio keyboard like the bass oh, notes nice. of the keyboard, and uh -huh. um, just having this like heavy object sitting on a note. Um, I have this very I've special, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have this special, um, it's like my friend Craig Usher made me this stone that he's like a metal artist. Um, mm -hmm. he like cast this iron stone and I just keep it by my Casio keyboard and That's whenever so I want to like, <laughs> want to have a drum, I'm like, all right, put it on the D and then uh -huh. the effects and, you know, and yeah, really fuck it up. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so that's one <laughs> way that I really, really enjoy. And yeah, the Omnicord, uh, I have a modded Omnicord, so it has um, the touch plates on it. And um, yeah, just drone away. Love me some drones. Nice. Do you know, do you know have you played with one of these? Uh, I can't. It's a little blurry. It's the oh, CP the Reface. No, so I this is I like. Have. It's got like the Wurlitzer and the two Rhodes voices, um, and it's got tr it's got like these three banks of effects. It looks like a, a toy, but it is a serious <laughs> instrument, and it is one of my f like favorite. It can be battery powered. It has external speakers. Nice. There's MIDI in and out, um, and yeah. So like that, this is something I bring camping if I just want to like tootle around. But I'm thinking this is something I'm going to bring into my live rig as well because I really like. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm sure you feel this. I've, I feel like you've alluded to it. I, 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 I'm not that entertained to perform live if I'm just twiddling knobs. Yeah. Like it's not, for me, that's not because I'm used to playing drums or guitar or singing yeah. or something in a, in a band and I, I want something totally. to do. So. Um, yes. It's good to have, have like anything that can keep it more interesting for yourself. Uh, like in, this is not music related but I started bringing in like dance elements I didn't do this at Moths but mm -hmm. um, I started re getting really into um, 
I would like play an instrumental track and then bring um, silk fans and just oh, cool. suddenly I'm I'm dancing, you know, and, uh-huh. and um, adding that into the element of performance. And I love that. Um, yeah, so that's like another way for me where I feel like I can be adding another element of visual effect or expression and mm-hmm. um it's also just cathartic to move around yeah and <laughs> yeah yeah that's i like that a lot um well we are over an hour and uh, i don't yes. want to take up too much of your time but this has flown by i feel like there's a million <laughs> other things i've i've been trying really hard to to you know, do what a good host is supposed to do and not keep interjecting with like, Oh, well, God, we should talk about this. I feel like I want to nerd out with you next time we see each other. Um, but I always like to give people the last word on the show. So is there anything you would like to scream from the modular mountaintops or anything we haven't Uh, covered that you were hoping to share? Well, I feel really inspired by this conversation and oh, great. inspired by yeah inspired by playing um at Mott's and i'm excited to get back in the studio and and start working on as we descend into the dark months you know yep. start working yep. on the next thing and um really just go deep into creative process now that summer is over and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is a great segue for me to to start thinking about what what is next and well yeah, we'll have to talk next year about whatever comes out of this and then I can play this part of this episode as like a teaser <laughs> opener for the for the second for your return. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, is there a, I'll put all the links in the show description, but if there's anything you would like to direct people to as well while you have yeah. it here, go ahead and plug whatever. For sure. Yeah. So um, Cave Cricket, uh, there's a band camp for Cave Cricket, and there are a few albums on there, including The World, which came out in 2022. And that's also on Spotify, so you can stream on there. I'm not going to put any other albums on there because I don't want to give them any more of my money um, yeah. other than for that one. But uh, And I also have a small business called Fiber Being Designs. There's an Etsy shop, and I make fiber art, jewelry, plant hangers, and that is you know, a big way that I support myself. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to all of the sponsors. Links in the show description. Thank you to Kira for coming on the show and for making lovely music. Links to not only her music, but her Etsy shop as well in the show description. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast or podularmodcast.com if you would like to learn how you can help to keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast. This week's secret word is pod mod pom pom. Until next week.